Welcome to the My Home, My Mission podcast, a conversation about life at the intersection of faith and family. Hey guys, welcome back to the My Home, My Mission podcast. This is episode 59 and I'm Chris, your host, and I'm in the studio this morning it actually is now i think with my co-host jordan welcome back to the podcast man it seems like it's been a minute since we've been together yep yep so well chris today we we were talking about this earlier and there are so many resources out there today there there are thousands of blog posts there are all these different social media channels and and books and bible studies and all these kinds of things and they all say Seems like different things. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with uh, knowing what's good? What's a good resource? What's uh, how do we discern the difference between something that's biblical, something that's not, something that we should we should take in, something we shouldn't? Man, that's such a great question. I think. Um, in fact, I've written an article about this that's going to pop up on my website real soon, and um, just from the standpoint that. The things that cause things to look like they have credibility in our cultural context. It's got good movement on the web page. It's got good color. It's got uh, lots of followers, whatever, um, tend to be the things that we want to evaluate it by. But honestly, there's some dumpster fire stuff out there uh, that takes place on some nice guy's website. And um, and I've had several people that have asked, which kind of precipitated my article, several people that have asked uh, in recent weeks, hey, what do I do? Is this a good resource? Is this a good page to learn about the atonement or to learn about uh, parenting or to learn about my marriage relationship and so forth? So um, I think it's a it's a valid question and um, and and it it's worth us digging into because hey listen information is not going to become less it's going to become more so um, um, I think we can say first of all that the old ways of vetting information really have changed so it used to be you would look if a guy um, if a guy went out on his copy machine and he made copies of all of his great ideas and then put you know, a couple of those brass, remember the little brass things that you'd stick in the holes of your loose leaf paper and you'd fold the feet back oh, on the brads, other side? Oh, brads, yeah. Yeah, brads, okay. Yeah. And uh, you'd do those, and I, they were brass when I was in school, back when we walked uphill. Anyway, so, the <laughs> uh, but um, uh, you, you'd do that, and then you'd read that, you'd go, well, that's less credible than an encyclopedia that's bound that came from a reputable publisher or something. So those ways are out because anybody with a camera, a web camera, or a cell phone can record video, they can record audio, they can publish to the internet. Um, So we can't do it that particular way. Um, And, you know, honestly, you can't even really take churches, if you will, um, churches away and say, hey, uh, this church, it's a church, so that must make it credible because church means so many different things in our cultural context. So I think I've given a lot of reasons why not to trust everything. So the the how-to, I think, probably comes uh, just as we do a little bit of homework. Am I missing anything on the why not to trust just everything that comes in front of you, you think? I don't think so. We just we live in an age now where things that are not credible can look credible. Yeah. So I mean, this is a this is a time when people can make their own logos and make things look great, make things sound great. Everything's just available and affordable. Yeah. So it's it's easy to make stuff look good. Yeah. 
And it's not like the Bible's out of date or anything on this stuff right here. Proverbs eighteen seventeen says that uh, the first thing that you hear seems like it makes sense till you hear the other side of it. Now, that's the new Chris paraphrase, but that's the bottom line on it. Um, and we're called to be more discerning than that. So uh, like Paul to the Berean, or about the Bereans in Acts 17 and 11, uh, where he said that they proved themselves to be more trustworthy than others because they searched the scriptures in order to verify the things they heard even in the church messages, the preached message, to see which of those were true. So those aspects are there, and it, it prompts you and I uh, to maybe uh, be more intentional about the information that we allow, uh, not just in our home or in our kids' lives, if you will, but also even into our own mind and heart. So um, here's one of the things I do, Jordan. I don't know if you do this when you're reading books or resources or whatever, but I like to read the introduction. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I'm reading a book, I'm going to open it up. I'm reading the intro because I want to hear from the author, where are you going to go? Usually the author will tell you in the introduction, here's the thing I'm trying to prove, or here's the place I'm coming from. Here's the idea that I have, and I'm just going to expound on over the next 100, 200, 300 pages. Uh, so I read the introduction. Do you read it or skip over it? I read it. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, so back when I was in school, when I was in seminary, I would skip over as much as I could. But now when I read a book, I, I, want, I want to make it count. So yeah. I, I read it. Yeah. And I think yeah. the author, they tip their hands. And that's, in, that's important and it's intentional. They want you to see in the introduction, here's what it is I'm trying to do. So uh, yeah. I thought you were, you were flipping Jordan in studio. You can't see it. He was flipping into a book, and I thought he was going to lay some lay some hot stuff on us. No, I was looking ago. to see. Did I read the introduction to this book that's <laughs> laying right here? I was trying to remember because because I have skipped them before. If yeah. I if I already know what's going on, sometimes yeah. sometimes the introduction is is another author that's just vouching for the book, but. Uh, yeah, that says an, a lot. You'll get an endorsement yeah. or something like that. That's right. So the other thing I'd like to do is when I hear about an author or I'm looking at a book and it's somebody I'm unfamiliar with, I'm going to go read about them on the Internet. So that's the crazy thing is that you can find anyone on the Internet. And uh, if I read, hey, John Smith just wrote this new book on systematic theology mm -hmm. uh, or on uh, this new perspective on the atonement of Christ, I want to go see who is this guy? Does he teach anywhere? Does he have any academic training? Has he studied? Uh, or is he a guy in the basement of his mom's house who couldn't get another job, and then he decided to write a book, self-publish it, and then created a YouTube channel where he talks about it? So I'm going to go research the author. I want to know um, background. Who is he? How is he trained or she? Um, what's their perspective? Do they have any credibility in the subject, either mm -hmm. by way of story, narrative, training, education, perspective? Um, hey, listen, you don't have to have a long resume or um, what we would say in, you know, in uh, the teaching circles, a CV um, resume in, uh, in, you know, a normal job circle or what have you. You don't have to have a long resume to have a great idea. But I want to know if this guy, if he's written 50 books on something and I've just been in the shadows, man, I want to know that going into it because I'm going to trust, um, hey, I'm going to trust Matt Chandler. Or I'm going to trust um, uh, Danny Aiken, the president of Southeastern Seminary. I'm going to trust mm -hmm. them on a different level. And yeah. I don't really have to ask, is Danny Aiken solid theologically? I've got a half dozen of his books on my shelf, and I know he is. So Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times you'll have, you'll have recommendations in the front few pages of the book that, you know, people that 
that you know and trust and are credible, mm-hmm. if they put their name on it, then that helps you to, to kind of understand that they may have a little bit more credibility. If if you see somebody's name, you know, like uh, you see Donald Whitney on there, you see Al Mohler on there, yeah. somebody who you respect and you already know, then that helps too. And, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. and you know, if you flip through a bunch of names you've never seen before, then that's a possibly a caution flag yeah so if you see chris aiken's name in the endorsement no first of all i read that but if you have to look me up on the internet and go who is that guy then uh then you know that doesn't carry much weight here's the flip side of that though and uh this popped up several years ago um there were some books that came out had some goofy doctrine in there and then somebody flipped to the endorsement page and they said well look this thing was endorsed by half a dozen people who later had to come out and say well i didn't actually read it i had a pre-read of the manuscript and all now, you're not going to find that with an Al Mohler. You're not going to find that with Donald Whitney and so forth. But you might find that with another popular name. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to make up name. But uh, but if there's a popular preacher out there who you know his name because he's got a YouTube channel and 10 million followers, just because he endorsed it doesn't necessarily mean he read it. You want to make sure that it's somebody that you trust them from a scholarly level if you're talking about a book or what have you. Um, the other, another thing is, is, uh, I like to take time as I'm researching the author to kind of assess their doctrine. So I know that sounds kind of weird and you'd have to be a total Bible nerd to do that, but I'm not going to pay a lot of attention on doctrine of atonement from someone who believes that you can lose your salvation or that you're working your way to heaven. So if a guy comes from a church tradition that's maybe different than mine, doesn't mean I won't read him. I'll read him, but I'll read him critically. Um, but if, uh, if I'm going to learn about, uh, say, the doctrine of baptism, and I'm going to place my stake in there, I'm going to put it in front of my kids. Here's what I want you to know about baptism. I'm not grabbing, typically, someone who comes out of the Pentecostal tradition or the Methodist tradition. Um, I'm even hesitant about pulling out. This is going to throw some of my Reformed friends off. I'm, I'm hesitant about pulling out covenant baptism guys out there that say, hey, you're saved until you prove yourself not, like Lutheranism, kind mm-hmm. of a cornerstone of the Lutheran faith. Um, so I'm going to look for things like that, and uh, I'm going to try to assess their doctrine. Again, I still re- read those things. It's kind of a job hazard, but I'm reading them from a, from a standpoint of critical nature. I believe you can learn something from everyone, but I want to know if I should trust this person fairly wholesale before I get into it or not before I get in there. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree totally. Some of my most, uh, some of my favorite authors and and even preachers that that I've listened to that are even long gone now, um, I, I have different theological positions mm-hmm. than them, and yeah. so, um, you know, somebody even like uh, like R.C. Sproul, who I really uh, respect and I, I like his his writing, all that, but we have a different position on baptism. Yeah. Um, and so, even you know, even you know, some of my most respected authors I read or preachers I listen to. I still, you know, you still, even if they're respected, you still have to hold them up to what what the Bible says and what you believe the what the Bible says on certain things. So, even if it's a respected person, it's you've always got to stay on top of you know what does the Bible say? Is this biblical? Yeah. So and and hey, I I expect by the way, I don't want us to, anybody to hear us and think arrogance. They're like, oh, yeah. we're, we're the final arbiter of facts. Or yeah. it's not that case. I expect people to do that with me. If yeah. you're going to read something I've written 
and it matters to you and you want to pay attention, I want you to dig in and find out who is this guy, what's he coming from, what's his doctrinal background, um, yeah. and so forth. And then if it doesn't do anything else, it might give you a tool in your tool belt to interpret what I said uh, in the most charitable of ways, if you will. So, yeah, and I think I think a couple of weeks ago, either Sunday morning or Wednesday night, you said that to the congregation. I, I would say, too, with... Um, with with preachers, podcasters, video people, whoever, if it's somebody who who wouldn't say that to the people, if they if they would be nervous to say that to the people they're talking to, then that that loses credibility. Yep. If they're not willing to stand up and say, you know, if you test what I say against the scriptures, yeah, uh, what anybody says. So I think that's a valuable yeah. valuable thing. Now I'm a I'm a critical I'm a critical reader and I'm I'm kind of an analytical guy. So if you get down into my personality, I like to analyze things a bit. I like to explore it and uh, all of that crazy stuff. And Jordan's smiling in studio in case you didn't know because I just the guy thought that, of a funny joke. Sorry, <laughs> I'm the guy that grabs a spreadsheet and goes, "Okay, let's get into this stuff right here." Because there's a scientific research aspect to me yeah. in how we do things. So um, one of the things I believe you ought to do is you ought to hold what you hear loosely until you verify it. So uh, by that, I mean, I take statistics and analysis and statements very loosely until I, I hear them. When somebody says the majority of Americans believe, I go, wait a minute, tell me about your study. I want to hear about that. Or seven out of 10 dentists believe that uh, statistics made up about dental work are made up on the spot. And you kind of go, Seven out of what 10 dentists? Uh, 10 that you put in a phone booth? Or where does that come from? So I hold on to things people say pretty loosely until I hear them verify. And I could, man, I could jump into a bunch of stuff with that to tell you about well-respected uh, research theologians, church growth experts, leadership experts that have said things for years. And then when you dig into it, you go, where did that statistic come from? You find out it was really a terrible study. It really boiled down to some guy in his basement coming up with an idea. And then he just kept getting said over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I want to know what's behind that sort of thing. Um, and it, by the way, listeners, if this sounds like a lot of work, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can either go get a microwaved meal from Harris Teeter that you stick into the microwave and trust that everybody cooked it with good ingredients, or you can read the label and decide whether you're putting garbage into your body or not. Hmm. And uh, if that's true for our tummies, it ought to be true for our minds, because it's a whole lot easier to get, well, this is going to sound terrible. It's easier to get rid of some bad food than it is to get rid of some bad information, because yeah. once you know what you know it. Yep, that's yep. right. So um, here's, a, here's uh, I think, an important piece of it. If somebody's got a new idea, I want to know who else has had a similar idea or something in that same vein. So if a guy comes up there and he says, um, hey, uh, here's a great statement right here. Uh, we, we um, yeah, hey, everybody should preach the gospel. And if you have to use words, that was said mm -hmm. by somebody. And you kind of go, wow, that's important. Where did, who said that? And uh, I yeah. want to know, is that really a thing? Is lifestyle evangelism, apart from a verbal witness, is that really something that actually has existed? Or was this some guy's idea that somebody else repeated and somebody else repeated that? So I'm going to look at things based on two or three witnesses before I pay attention to it. And uh, that may be on a new doctrinal advance. It may be on one of those tell-all stories. So, um, you know, sometimes you'll hear people will say, well, this happened. 
and we're told to believe it just out of hand. Uh, we're to believe it because somebody said it happened. Well, I want to know who else saw it happen or heard it happen. And uh, that could be everything from your latest crime novel to, um, to really anything that's happening contemporary in our, in our culture today. Uh, what would you say about that? Yeah, I, I I think that's that's a huge deal. You know, we we tend to, I guess we tend to trust. Mm, we tend yeah. to trust what we hear. We tend to trust the people that tell us things, um, and so it's just important to think when um, when you hear something that's shocking or you hear something that is new information. It's just always good to train your mind to ask questions, and you know, is is this true? Why is how do I know this is is true? And so that's just a good practice all the way, all yeah. the way around. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a preacher, but here's another thing you ought to do. You are yeah, a preacher. I am a preacher. So <laughs> maybe I'll change my voice. No, <laughs> the, uh, uh, you ought to pray. I mean, here's yeah. the deal. The Bible says that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all who ask, but let him ask with faith, not doubting. Um, you know, James gives us that instruction. So praying is not a bad thing. It's a good thing to pause and just say, Lord, how am I to understand this? And then... Uh, believe Holy Spirit's going to speak into the situation where you are. So, um, man, we probably could do another episode on this, but let me just run through a quick laundry list, and then we'll talk more about how do you not, that's maybe we've been talking a lot about how do I deal with this internally, but then how do I coach our families to also be critical in what they do without mm -hmm. losing credibility might be another angle on this thing. Um, as well. Um, there's a voice inside of you. Sometimes that's Holy Spirit speaking. Sometimes it's your conscience. Sometimes it's something that's there already within you that you want to get. And um, and also, this is another one, when you're examining an author's motives, uh, look at what he's trying to get to. What's his outcome? Uh, if somebody says something on the, on the internet, so here's one I was reading earlier today. You can't trust the church and you can't trust church leaders. Well, okay. Well, what's what is the outcome that person is trying to win me over to? It's not that I should have a close walking relationship with Jesus. It's not that I should trust the scripture because the scriptures say I need the church. Mm -hmm. So if you're telling me to get away from the church, then you can't be pointing me toward the scripture. So your intended outcome of your argument automatically works against credibility. Yeah. That makes sense? It, it does. And I, I think I think it's just like I said before, we just tend to trust and we we just have to remind ourselves to ask those questions because to me, a statement like you just said would be, it would be shocking. It would be, and, and to some, to some people out there, they may think, well, okay, I'm, I guess I can't, I can't trust anybody. And they go the rest of their week thinking mm -hmm. that way, instead of just asking that question, what is their final, what, what are they trying to get me to do here? And I know the Bible places value on the church and the leaders yep. of the church and all that. So that's great. Yeah. So, hey, when we come back next time, we're going to pick up on on this conversation and just continue it as we talk about um, not just what we're taking in and what we want other people to take in, but how do you deal with it maybe when you've got family members who are taking in information other than what you think is best? How do you coach them uh, or those that, that maybe respect your opinion? How do you coach them in that direction as well? So anything you want to add, Jordan? That's good. I, I, I'm looking forward to the next episode for sure. Cool. All right. So, hey, thanks for uh, hanging out with us today. We'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you for joining us for the My Home, My Mission podcast. 
If today's episode was helpful to you, please subscribe, share it with a friend, and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to contact Chris or Jordan, email us at home at inglewoodbaptist.com.